Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Enjoy listening and watching as addiction experts Mark Sheeran and I cover controversial as well as helpful topics on addiction, how to move past it, and other related subjects. As two of the co-founders of the Freedom Model, Mark and I will give you a completely new perspective on the topics that matter to you. We will take to task the Recovery Society's lies and misinformation and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. Are you struggling with a drug or alcohol problem, but you don't want to go to a rehab or group meetings? That's why we created the non-12-step Freedom Model online coaching program in 2011. Through video conferencing on Zoom or Skype, you can work privately with a certified Freedom Model coach from your home or office on your schedule. And here's the best part. With the Freedom Model, you'll never be labeled an addict or alcoholic. And we won't tell you to go to 12-step meetings or hamper your life with endless recovery. Instead, you can learn exactly how you can solve your addiction for good and move on with your life. Do you want to be completely free from your addiction? Do you want to never have to attend meetings, rehabs, or addiction counseling ever again? And do you want to solve your problem from the comfort of home? Well, then call us at 888-424-2626 and set up your free 30-minute coaching session today and experience the Freedom Model difference. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Addiction Solution. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And I'm Mark Sheeran. And we are the co-authors of the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap, with our colleague, Stephen Slate. And today, we're going we're gonna to change it up a little bit. And we're going to talk more about the life movements portion and how people move on with their lives. And, and we're going to talk about what happens... Like when you recognize you're you're one of those people leading the life of quiet desperation. Yeah. So let me let me take a minute and, and give some context to all of this. So what is life movements? Some of you may not know what that is. Uh, life movements is the portion within the Freedom Model uh, online program and online coaching where we help people move on with their life. And what I mean by that is uh, it has really nothing to do with substance use or addiction or getting over that problem. That's the freedom model text or curriculum that helps you with that. Then we have the portion that helps you uh, deprogram from AA. Uh, and then we have also the portion that deals with the family, freedom model for the family. So, so the family knows how, how to deal with this issue as well. Um, but then we have life movements, which, which once you've once you've come to grips with the fact that you can move past an addiction for good and that you're not stuck in recovery and you're not, um, it's not a battle and there's, there's none of that. Um, once you realize all of that, then how do you move forward? Right? All of a sudden this giant piece of your life is gone, right? You're not scheming to get drunk. You're not, you're not spending all these resources emotionally, monetarily, legally uh, on drugs and alcohol, which probably, if you're watching this, was a big part of your life. Um, and 
and your relationships are mending themselves. And all of a sudden you're kind of stuck there and you realize I don't need to go to meetings anymore. Mm. I don't need to be in an outpatient clinic. Well, I'm not an addict or alcoholic and I don't identify as one anymore. You know, so, so who am I? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see, if your identity has been first a heavy substance user for a period of time, and then it was this, this recovery person for a period of time, um, everybody gets to different points in their life where they're like, they reevaluate, they examine who am I? Am I, how happy am I? Um, you know, I, here's an example I was kind of a chaos junkie when I was a heavy substance mm-hmm. user. That was my thing. I liked it. And and then when I stopped doing all of that, I still created chaos in different ways. Um, I was young, you know, and new relationships and, you know, you can create chaos in positive ways, but also negative ways, which I would do both. For sure. Um, and, and then I started being happy with, like, boredom. Yeah, where where you, uh, yeah, it, the pendulum may swing to, I crave stability so much so, and then you start to hide within yourself, mm-hmm. and you might get bored and and things and like restless that. Restless and and so everybody gets to those points where where if they were looking at their life, they might be that in that quiet desperation point where where you just you start okay, is this it? Like you start and I I think that happens for people at different ages like like midlife crisis is one of those things that's very common, but I, I think that happens to people at all ages. I think so too. So here's why this happens. Here's how people get stuck into a mode of living that is unsatisfactory. And this can happen in your sobriety, right? Or your newly successful moderation habit, right? That you've created for yourself. And so what happens is humans are driven, as you know, from from our book, uh, by the positive drive principle. In other words, we're always in the pursuit of happiness. And every choice you make all the time is in the pursuit of some level of contentment or happiness. And because of that, there's there's a second side to this. So you're you're motivated by happiness, but you're also a habit creating machine. Yeah. So as you, I just did a video on this on TikTok this morning, but as you move forward in life in your pursuit of happiness, you find an object, a desire uh, for your happiness to fulfill that need. And then what happens is you go for it, you achieve it, and you habituate it. And you can see that in the flush of new love. Oh, for sure. Even love becomes, or or infatuation, becomes mundane if you're with that person long enough, right? And then you have to reinvent that relationship differently. Um, And you have to work at finding more happiness in that if it's worth it to you. But a lot of people don't do that. Yeah, well, some people don't. They move on to the next relationship Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. So, but because after we, we get rid of the drinking and drugging issue because we habituate every single thing that we find motivating to us. We move from thing to thing. Now you may find that your craving of stability and even boredom sometimes in this, this new life of just sort of avoiding risk. Maybe if that's the case with you, 
where you say to yourself, Jesus, you know, the, the chaos of drinking and drugging was horrendous. And then you fall into this sort of place where you're not really moving forward. Then you're thinking about drinking and drugging again because uh, it's what you've done. That's your habit. You've habituated that idea. Um, but you know you don't want that. So where do you go from there? And then you become quietly desperate because you may not be willing at that moment or even aware that you've been creating a habit of avoiding risk. Mm. If you create the habit of avoiding risk, your life will stagnate. And then what will happen is you will find yourself a year down the road thinking, what the fuck am I doing all this for? Right. You know, it, it, because your life didn't move forward and nobody came along like we're going to do today and say, well, why don't you challenge yourself? Isn't there a less risk to take some risk in the long run and become what you want to become than to not take risk and suddenly find yourself in a misery pot? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Changes. Is, is is normal, but habit is normal. I mean, there is there's this yeah, whole two play on each other. Yeah, there's yeah. this whole range of things. Um, but all ha habitual behaviors become boring at some point, mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of like you have to recognize. I, there's a lot of people, and me including, who I don't recognize the boredom up front very quickly. I'm I'm somebody that can gets very happy in my comfort for a period of time. And then, and then I start to feel a little restless, but I don't recognize what that is and what that is. That. I'm sorry. That's okay. And what that is, is, is I'm getting bored with the habit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and you need to move forward and, and, and your psyche is telling you that. Yeah. But what, what people do with, with substance use is you'll get bored in that habit and you'll feel restless, but a lot of times you end up digging deeper yes. into yes. the habit to try and, you know, kind of cure that restlessness and that boredom. I think, but I think to the topic that we're talking about today, I think we do that in our life afterwards. With everything. Yeah. I think you do it with everything. And that's why we always do say substance use is no different than, than changing any point. of these habits. So if you're somebody that developed this substance use habit and now you've you've gotten rid of it, but you've moved on to something else. Know that when you get bored with your relationship or you get bored with uh, your job, your career or, or something, you know, whatever it is you've moved into that was for a time, very exciting and successful and wonderful. And then, then you, you just started to feel this restlessness again. That's what we're talking about is how do you break out of that? You don't necessarily have to, you know, get a divorce or leave that relationship. You don't necessarily have to change right. careers. Right. It doesn't have to be some massive cataclysmic thing. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what, that's what we're talking about today is how do you, I like Mark and I talked about, um, there are a lot of people that don't think of the future. I didn't realize that because I think of it all the time. Yeah. So let me talk about that for a second. So I get, uh, I'll be coaching somebody with Freedom Model Online Coaching, right? Um, and I'll be teaching them and I'll say, where do you see yourself? Have you ever thought about where you see yourself in five years or 10 years? They go, no, I never thought about that. And I think to myself, 
wow, that surprises me. It used to surprise me. It doesn't surprise me anymore, that response, but it did years ago when I was starting to have these conversations because I think about where I'm headed a lot, I suppose, because that's what I do for a living, right? I, right. And we probably habituated that. Yeah. Yeah. We're always thinking, how can I fulfill that which I want to become? And I don't think most people do that based on my experience with people. <clears throat> most people we work with. Yeah. They, but, they, but do you think that's because you get so used to like things being hard all the time that you avoid thinking of the future? I, I think it's that and the recovery society idea that you, oh, once one an addict, time. yeah, once an addict, always an addict. And then also when you do quit, it's one day at a time and don't project into the future. You're right. literally taught to stay focused on the cult of AA or the cult of treatment. So you're never really out of that trap. So you're taught to become small-minded. Yeah. And I mean, there are benefits. Don't get me wrong. There are benefits to being in the present. Yeah. But but you yep. but there's there's this you you have to be in the present while also planning for the future. Yeah, and I think that that if you have this generalized idea of who you want to be, that's something that you should write down. For instance, I, I know that I want to be a successful, healthy 60-year-old, right? Yeah. I'm 52 now. Um, and I don't want to have to worry about a lot of the things that I see people worry about. Oh, I, yeah. you know, I just don't want to be there. I don't want to be stuck there. So everything that I do today is in fulfillment of that self image of a healthy, successful elderly man, you know, as I grow in from 60 to 80 to 90 or whatever God has intended for me. So I think that I, I just think that most people don't do that. Now, let's talk about living in the moment. Let me talk about that for a second. I also think that when you are, and you said this, when you are working towards who you're going to become, you can focus on that moment and, and enjoy it. Yes. It doesn't have to be a pile driving obsession with goals. Yes. Like it was when we were young. Yes. <laughs> we talked about that this morning at breakfast. <laughs> There's a time and a place to go batshit crazy and impulsive and have fun and have all these lofty goals. And I think, I think that that shouldn't go away with age, but I think that there is a real beauty in knowing that, God, it's nice to look at the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's nice to, to take a moment and be present. And, and think of all the things you have going on around you and all the all the the wonderful things like we just did at Thanksgiving, you know, where, um, you know, we get to be with your family and and really take in, you know, because time does go by very fast and, and take in, you know, the grandchildren and and, you know, where everybody is in their lives at that moment. Um, but but like last night I was tired and I went home and wanted to finish Christmas decorating and I did like three things and I was, I hadn't slept the night before. So I was really tired. So I thought, okay, I'm going to enjoy what I just did knowing that tomorrow I can do more. And whereas 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have forced myself to keep going, but I was also, you know, 20 years younger and, and, you know, kind of been miserable the whole night, getting it done, yelling at people that, <laughs> Help me. There is, there is a benefit 
to enjoying the journey. Yeah, for sure. There's um, some of you know that that I'm a hunter and a, a deer tracker. And when you're on the track, um, when I was younger, I would I would go 15 miles in the mountains in a day, and I would go crazy, and and it was very exciting. <laughs> and now at 52, I, I those are tough days for me. So yeah. I have a, a thing. That, and I taught my son this. I said, slow and steady gets the Betty. You know, I, <laughs> I, ha I have that in my head. So I meter myself. And remarkably, I see a lot more beautiful things. I, I, can, oh, yeah. I have images of Maine, obviously, in my head right now. And, and I'm a healthy 52-year-old because I do these things. And I saw eagles. And I saw fishers. And I saw otters. And I saw deer. And I saw moose. And I saw all these things because I was just... Slow. Paying attention. Yeah, slow and steady got the Betty. Enjoying yeah. the journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we, we would do these, uh, we call them outbound experiences with our guests. We would take them up mountains. We're, we're up in the Adirondack Mountains. And um, so we would take them on these, you know, on these hikes, moderate, easy to moderate hikes. I mean, if, if a lot of these people had never been in the mountains before. So an easy hike is not an easy hike, so right, to speak. Right. Um, but they, you know, the young, when we were young, we would just, you just trudge up the mountain. You just go really fast and, and then run down it. And then run down it. And you would like, a lot of times they wouldn't even sit at the top. Like, cause yeah. I mean, sometimes these views that you can see Amazing. all the way around there, you can see for miles and miles and it, there's lakes and forests and eagles and i mean it's it's amazing and the older we got you know the young people would still be running up the mountain <laughs> and and we would be trailing behind really noticing noticing you know bear tracks and deer tracks and yeah um you know all kinds of amazing things that you see in the woods um and uh so yeah so there's th these kinds of life lessons and yeah, I don't hike as much as I used to, but I still do enjoy it, but I'm a lot slower than I used to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so the, so there's a couple of things we're talking about. We're talking about first, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years or where would you like to see yourself? I think that's more appropriate way of saying it. And who do you want to be? Yeah. And um, that can have implications with your family, your career, your physical health, um, your mental health, everything. Oh, for sure. You know, and I would suggest you write it down. Say, in five years, I would like to feel like this, do these things, have a few things under my belt, have this financial status. And it can be very general. You know, you can get caught up in this whole goal-setting, new-agey sort of weird shit. And I found that all of that kind of falls to the wayside when reality strikes, and that is life is life. But if you write it all down, you'll have an image. And then each day you do something to fulfill that it self Takes you closer to it. Yeah. Right. To, to, to who you want to be, at what you want your life to look like. Because time is going to pass even if you sit and do nothing. It's going to pass. And, and like, so every, we're, we're coming up on the end of the year again already. And I, you know, for people who are younger than us, the time goes faster, the older you get because of the relative nature of it. Right. Right. Because I'm 54 and you know, one, one year is one 54th of my life, not one twentieth. So, so as it is, time is going to go by. Like if I really sit and think about it, 
it is a little bit daunting that I'm in probably the last third of my life. Right. Right. Like, um, I'm kind of coming up on that, you know, I'm getting ARP things in the mail. <laughs> There's a certain reality to it. Um, my parents are, are elderly and, you know, they, you know, they need help with things. And so, so there's a, there's just kind of this, this strange cadence to life now um, that's very, very different. So, so instead, so thinking five or 10 years ahead puts me into my sixties. Right. Um, and, and, you know, so for me, it becomes more important, not less important. That's right. So what habits do we have? We should right. be checking what habits do we have that are counter to achieving that goal. Yes. You know, that self-image, that desire to be this this new person. And I, you know, I've always been very cognizant of this because I've been doing this for 33 years. You have too. Yeah. We've accomplished a lot of pretty amazing shit in our lives That's in that 33 sure. years, raising families and all these different things um, and creating the freedom model. Yeah, which was not a small task. <laughs> and I came up with that idea when I was 19 years old, you know, yeah. basically. And, and, and so I've been fulfilling that for 33 years. And there were other things in my life that I decided I was going to be an expert in that I became an expert in. Um, and so and I also decided early on that I was going to be a good dad because I didn't have the greatest parents, mm -hmm. you know. They just weren't that good at parenting. Um, and I didn't want my kids to have that experience. So... I guess all of this comes down to um, there's a couple of exercises that I've thought about. One is writing down where you see yourself in five to 10 years, um, who you're going to be and all that. I explained that. Uh, and then, and then if you find it hard or seemingly to you, it's seemingly impossible. Like it's, it, it's way out of reach. Then I'm going to give you an exercise that's going to change your life. And that is that I want you to do something each day in the next three weeks. Okay. So you're talking 20 days, 21 days. Between now, well, when this comes out, it'll be, it'll be, I'm right about to Christmas. Okay. So from now to Christmas, um, what I want you to try to do is to do something new that you ordinarily wouldn't do each day. Now, some, I'll give you examples. One of the things that I do um, is I drive to work a certain way that I like. But eventually, I drive about an hour each way. Um, I get bored with that. So what I've decided this week for seven days, I'm going seven different routes. And why do I do that? Because when I travel, I see different things. It conjures up different things. And it gets my mind working. Mm -hmm. It's a small thing. But it starts my day and ends my day in a completely new environment. When I went hunting this year, and I'm going to be hunting again later this month, um, I decided I would never hunt this year in a place I'd hunted before. So I'm exploring all new mountain terrain, all new places that are completely new to me. And, and so between just those two things in the, in the months of November and December, my life has changed. Now the whole time I'm also thinking, who am I going to be? So now my mind is thinking about new things, new ideas, fresh starts. And each day I get to hit the reset button with something new. It's a simple thing, but it can change your life. And they don't have to be big things. That's right. They can be super right. small things. Like if you eat the same thing for, you do the same thing every morning when you get up, switch the order of the things that you're doing. Um, you know, do do something that you don't normally do in the morning. 
you know, I, yesterday I got home from work and I took my dog for a walk, which it was early enough that it wasn't dark yet, which is I'm usually getting home after dark. Um, and, and it made her happy. It, you know, it made me feel better physically. Um, it's just not something I typically do because now I get home and it's dark. So, so it, it, they can be just, just, you know, eating a different, trying a different food. Um, just something that sets your kind of mind off kilter a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's exploring life in yeah. small ways. Then eventually what's going to happen is you're going to get an idea and the idea is going to be motivating because your positive drive principle is constantly motivating you towards some new level of happiness in your life. And you're going to get an idea by doing these new things. Mm -hmm. And it's very organic. It's very evolution-like, right? You're evolving and then you're going to have a goal yeah. and then you just start pursuing it. You just try you do things each day in, in pursuit of that goal. So what happens is you're now narrowing down and focusing your energy on something new and your life is now evolving. You are evolving as a human being and, and give yourself a break. If one day you just don't give a shit and you just want to binge watch, you know, Yellowstone, do it. Yes. Right. Who cares? Um, and don't, there are no hard and fast rules. I, I know that when I used to create these stringent rules on myself, Jesus Christ, it was painful. What a miserable thing to do to yourself. I know. I went through like the majority of my adult life thinking it's it's lazy if you sleep past 6 a.m. Um, that it's that it's you shouldn't be sitting down, you know, watching movies. What a waste of time. Um, like Like television was evil. And I mean, just crazy things there was a famous there was a famous um girl who got cancer young and she wrote this piece it was like three pages long oh, a letter a letter to humanity i think it was called and one of the things she said is you know she had only like 30 days to live oh, and she suddenly you know they they said you're you're dying and you have this aggressive cancer and you're gonna die soon and she did she died very quickly i think within 45 days and she wrote this letter and she said, you know, it's a funny thing to look at death. And she said, uh, one of the things that you need to know that if you've had a mundane life, that's a good life. Mm. Don't assume that you got to live by the standards of others. Your life is your own. And so I once had a student who's, you know, I'm such a driven guy that I can tend to be judgmental in that way. I'm not anymore. I, I learned my lesson with, with people. Uh, and he said, you know, my job is to just sit by the river in my easy chair and drink wine. And I said, okay. And and then eventually he stopped drinking the wine. He still sat in his easy chair mm. by the river. Um, and I think he was drinking tea or whatever it was. I can't remember now. But the point is, is that was it. That's all he was looking to get. And yeah. he was an older fella and, and he lived his life that way. You know, you, it was probably five years ago now, I think, you asked me because I, my kids had just, I just became an empty nester. My kids had grown and, you know, for 25 years, my entire life was my job and my children, job and my children, my job and my children. It was my, like my days from five in the morning until, you know, 11 o'clock at night were all, were packed, jam packed with things. And then, you know, your life goes by very quickly when when it's filled like that but it was filled with wonderful things i mean 
you know, I, my sons were swimmers and that was a year round thing. And so we were, you know, every weekend was filled and I had football players and, you know, it was just filled with a lot of wonderful things. And when all that stopped and everybody told me that's going to stop. So it's going to stop at some point, you know, when you're in it, it feels like it's never going to end. And then once it did, you asked me the question. So what do you want to do? What makes you happy? And I had no idea. I had no idea. And that's where in life movements, Mark has, Mark developed life movements. And there's a list he calls the swinging the bat list. And it was the first time I think I sat down and was like, what are some of the things that I want to do? Like that I've not done before that I I want to incorporate into my life. That's huge for middle-aged women. Mm -hmm. That's freaking huge. I think middle-aged people. Well, I think with women more, and I'll tell you why, because I think that you guys, there's a lot more expectation that you're going to take care of everybody. Yeah. And And I definitely did that. that Yeah. Yeah. And and there's (laughs) nothing wrong with it, but it becomes your identity. And then all of a sudden, when all that's taken from you by time, you're lost. Yeah. And I, you see a lot of women drinking themselves to death at that point. Yeah. Now I didn't, I didn't, at that point I had already, you know, my substance use problems long since solved but i could definitely see how people gravitate toward that because it's now it's me time it's me time like i get to do what i want i get to do what i want right and for me one of the one of the things that opened up my world was i took my first trip like girls trip like girls trips are kind of cliched right middle-aged women all go into the beach to like drink wine and, you know, carry on, carry on and just do girl things. And it was, it let that one weekend, it was my 50th birthday, um, with friends that I hadn't seen. And some people that were new friends, but people I hadn't seen since high school, um, was completely amazing. And I've told these women this, they now become some of my closest friends, right? That, that it changed my life and opened up my world. So uh, for me, travel was one of those things that ended up getting on my list, which I never, like, it just never occurred to me that I could do that. Yeah. It's, it's wild when you, when you open up your mind, if you say, I want to try this and then then your mind goes to, I can't, I can't do that. Right. I can't, all these reasons why it's just not practical for me. And then you just say, I think I need to do that. Mm -hmm. I need to try. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's a, this will be a short pack. Well, it's not that short. (laughs) It's still Um, a half an hour. So, so what we're saying is you don't have to, you don't have to make sweeping changes in your life. You don't have to throw out, you know, uh, throw away a 30 year relationship to, to become, to have a a happy, wonderful, exciting life again. And don't think for a minute that we're saying that every day is wonderful and happy all the time, because that's just not reality. They're super challenges. Yeah. That's not reality of life. But, but if you start to feel that restless, that boredom, that, you know, same shit, different day, kind of, you you feel yourself kind of settling into that, And it's not making you happy. Yeah. That kind of quiet desperation. Um, You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, make these huge changes. You can just start to think about, Hmm, well, how would I like my life to be next year at this time? 
Yeah. How would I like to, my life to be in five years? Look at the things that you have control over in your circle of your sphere of influence. Yeah. And then do the thing. I don't care if it's, there's a window that's broken in your house that you've avoided fixing for right, five years. Right. Just, just go fix the damn thing. And you may not like it, but I guarantee at the end of the day, you will feel better. Um, Sometimes you get acclimated to things like things and they quietly like bother you. My, my husband's a, oh, that's going to chime. My husband's a pack rat and uh, we have baskets, drawers. He's stasher, he stashes things. And so, and I've gotten, sometimes I get acclimated to those things and I don't realize that they niggle at me while well, he's gone for a week. <laughs> so, so I get to kind of quietly fix those things that bug me. And those little things matter, matter. They like make me feel happier when I'm home. Yeah, that's the fabric of life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I hope that we've provided you some, you know, here we are coming up at the end of, of another year. And um, where do you want to be? Where? How do you want to feel next year at this time? Yeah. And then five years from there, who do you want to be and how do you want your life to be? Yeah. Little changes. Little changes right. can make a huge difference. Yep. Just be consistent with them. Yes. So thanks, everyone, for, uh, for listening. Give us a five-star rating wherever you listen. That makes a huge difference. Yeah, Tell your friends about the addiction solution that they can change their lives without necessarily going to meetings, without having no to, yeah, to dedicate their life to this, all this recovery stuff. Um, you, yeah, you can, you can solve addiction. And it's um, time to move on. And move on. So thanks everybody. Bye everybody. Are you seeking private, personalized coaching to solve your addiction? Do you want to move fully past your addiction without endless meetings, therapies, and rehabs? Some of you might also want to deprogram from the 12-step belief system for good. If so, then the Freedom Model Online Coaching is for you. Learn the addiction solution that has helped tens of thousands of people to solve their addiction for good and move on completely free from the trappings of perpetual recovery. You can work privately with a certified Freedom Model coach without having to put your life on hold, leave work and family. And again, you can do it without having to attend any group meetings or group therapy sessions. When you enroll in the Freedom Model online coaching program, you'll be assigned your own personal Freedom Model coach who will guide you through learning the Freedom Model in 12 private coaching sessions via video conference like Zoom or FaceTime. You will have three coaching sessions per week and you will also get 30 days access to the Freedom Model online program, which consists of more than 65 video lessons taught by me and my colleague and addiction expert, Mark Sharon. In addition to those video lessons, the online program also includes our 12-step deprogramming seminar series, a new Freedom Model quick lesson posted weekly, the monthly Freedom Model newsletter, the Freedom Model for the Family online program, and a two-hour live coaching session, with Mark and me on the last Wednesday of each month. Go to thefreedommodel.org to learn more or call 888-424-2626 and start your journey to complete freedom today.